0: I don't like Disneyland, but I've walked into Bass Pro Shops and my mouth has dropped open and for a moment I'm overwhelmed, but then that excitement hits and I begin to run through and I literally have done this, run through, I want this, I need this, this is incredible. But one day, when redeemed, I shall stand over in that glory land. with the mighty blood-washed throne. I'll begin to sing redemption's song. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. There will be a moment when the gates open and I take my first step onto a clear golden street and my mouth is going to drop open as I try to soak it all in. But once I get through that moment, you will not be able to control the excitement, the love, the joy, the faith, the hope i'm in the presence of god almighty i can't wait for that day i can't wait for that day but can i tell you you got a little glimpse of it right now where heaven stops down and you're in the presence of god almighty would you take a moment and would you begin to do what you're gonna do on heaven's gates would you begin to worship right now when you have to say your own praises? Can you do it when you don't have anybody doing it? Put the mics down and let the high praises of a saved, redeemed people begin to flow. Hey, don't you worry, we're going to let the word of God speak in a moment. But right now, if you're in this building and you need a change in your life, would you just lift up your hands and your voice and would you let the king of glory begin to move upon you? He wants to fill you with his spirit right now. He wants to heal you right now. There is an anointing flowing in this place right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. By the power and the authority of the word of God. We believe what your word says. There is a Holy Ghost outpouring There is an anointing right now. There is a freedom right now. In the name of Jesus, would you let peace flow on the troubled minds right now? Would you let peace flow onto troubled situations right now? <laughs> Would you let the power of the Creator begin to move on hearts that desperately need answers right now? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We've got just a little more time before we get into the Word of God, but there's a hunger that I've seen. We've got some of our children over here. They've been learning the Word. They've been hearing the Word, but they're putting the Word into practice. They want the Holy Ghost. They're ready for Jesus to come and live in their life, and they're praying, and I'm not going to pass this moment by in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, There's hungry hearts in this building. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Here's what I know. I know the Word of God specifically says, signs and wonders shall follow them. I also believe that signs and wonders follow the preaching of the Word. But I've read enough of my Bible to know signs and wonders also precede the Word. Many times Jesus let a miracle happen. And it, it allowed the, the the word to then be received. And we have set ourselves up to receive that. Would you find your seats for just a moment? We're gonna transition. I I, I know that probably ought not have just let God move like that, but then again, who am I to tell God what to do? But see, you you <laughs> If you let God move on your life like that, what do you think is going to happen when you let God speak to you right here? This is is what God's doing at Lighthouse Church. And I'm so thankful. Thank each and every one of you for being a part of this service, for contributing, for worshiping. And I understand that apostolic services are a little different. I get that. But you know what? I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wouldn't trade coming to church and not just hearing songs and hearing a message, but to be in the middle of the song and the middle of the message and knowing God is here. Hallelujah. And again, to all of our friends and guests and family, and, and we're just so glad you're here. It was awesome last night to be a part of that and watch the connections that were going on. Before I bring up Brother Shock, there are some things as a pastor that I dislike immensely, um, and sometimes as a pastor we have to call it out, and that is um, people get married, and they think that, that now that they're married, they, they, they have to leave Lighthouse, and it just hurts my heart, and I don't understand all this, I mean, I'm, surely we can just, just. there's no other churches, it's just Lighthouse, right? No. But Sister Rachel Conkle has been an incredible part of Lighthouse Church over the last, I don't know, four years maybe, maybe a little bit more, taught Sunday school, been a part, just an incredible person. And then this dude named Joey comes along, decides that that he likes her and and things begin to happen and, 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 you know, he's heavily involved in his church and I can't seem to convince his pastor for me to steal him. But God has brought them together, and here in just a few weeks, I don't know exactly when, it's on my calendar, but Rachel and Joey are going to be married, and they're going to go to APC and be a part of uh, the, the Spanish church there under Brother, um, help me out, Joey, Brother Randy Clark. And we are so thankful for that, and, and I know I'm kind of making fun, but we really do believe in both of y'all. And uh, I want y'all just to stand. We're not we're not going to take a ton of time. Would you just stand and with those around you? Would you just, I, I want to pray a blessing over them. Can we do that? Sister Buford, would you help me? I want to pray a blessing over their marriage. I want to pray a blessing over their ministry. And, and we thank God for giving us Rachel for just a little bit. Would you just extend your hands, Lighthouse Church, and would you begin to let us pray? Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm thankful for what you have done in Rachel's life to get to know Joey, and I believe you've got a future for both of them. You've brought them together, but you've also brought them together not just in marriage, but you're going to bring them together in ministry. And I pray a blessing right now that as we release Rachel from Lighthouse, we give them with our blessings, and we send them to a harvest field. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would bring their marriage together Lord, you would bring their ministries together and you would do mighty things. We pray. We give you glory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. One of our core values is we're an equipping church, and that's followed up by we're a sending church. And we're going to sit. Man, that was God. That was amazing. Did you hear that angelic music? was awesome. We've been so blessed. You have heard me speak of of the shocks and and I am thankful that they are here today. They spoke into our pastoral staff and I want them and Sister Shock just spoke into our hyphen class and it was amazing. And thank you for that Sister Shock. Terry Shock and Sister Shock. They 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 have a ministry called Kingdom Quest, and they are on a crusade, if you will, to help ministers and churches do everything God has called us to do, and they have invested so much in Brienne and I's life. They've now invested into our in some of our pastoral staff. I want you, Brother Shock, to come and invest in our church. Could we give him a warm, lighthouse welcome? I'm ready to hear the word of God in Jesus' name.
1: Well, praise the Lord everybody. How many's enjoyed the spirit of the Lord already today? True apostolic churches are not supposed to be predictable. They're not supposed to be. We yes, all things are to be done decently and in order, so you know there's not a problem with with having a schedule if God doesn't want something else to happen, but, but we just got to give God room. Amen? We've got to give God room, and this church obviously does that. I honor the Bufords. Uh, it's so good to get connected with them in 2019, I guess it was, and that has just continued, and then to be with the, the staff the last couple of days, it's been uh, just just an honor and a joy. We we love these uh, we love these people. Love what we feel. I was able to minister one other Sunday here and but this is the first time to be in your in your new building. And man, I don't know how long you've been in here, but it's it's looking kind of full. So may may God help everybody that has to make those decisions. It's also good to see the Hardings and the sponsors and, and the O'Daniels and Sister Angie Clark and, and our pastors' parents, the Harpoles. It's good. It's good to uh, to good to see them. So so many so many people, so many wonderful things. I'd like to turn your attention to Psalm 145. I'm going to read two text scriptures. Psalm 145 and 13. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. The Lord awakened me this morning with this scripture, and so after I got to thinking about it, I realized it's another good text scripture also, and that's Mark 12, 34. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. And no man after that durst ask him any questions. Basically, this was a scribe and they were always trying to trick Jesus. People like that aggravate me. People that are—they're just always trying to throw out some type of a question. They're not wanting revelation. They're being driven by the spirit of questioning. There's a major difference in asking an honest question and being controlled by the spirit of questioning. And these people were controlled by that spirit. Jesus told him, "You're not far from the kingdom." Unfortunately, not far is still not in. Not far is still not in. One thing that I have realized in the last couple of years as we travel, as I connect, there are a lot, a lot of people that get real comfortable near the kingdom, near the kingdom. Our pastor refers to people that come to church, but they never get in the building as lobby lizards. Lobby lizards. It's just people that they want to be a part of church, but just have a hard time finding their way in. A lot of people comfortable around the kingdom. A lot of people comfortable near the kingdom, not far from the kingdom. But today, I want to uh, preach to you about kingdom entry, kingdom entry, about getting in the kingdom, getting in it. Can we ask God to give us personal revelation? Father, we're so thankful for what what we feel. We're thankful for the work you've already done. Now, I pray that you will just continue to do the work and... You know where every one of us are individually, and you know the next step that we all need to take, including the one preaching. Have your way in our lives. Let it be done in, in Jesus' name. Amen. There's an old saying that close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Close only counts in, in horseshoes and hand grenades. We need to get something straight that this is not a game. This is not a game. This is not horseshoes. This is not any other game. And this is also not physical warfare. It's warfare, all right. All right. And I am absolutely astounded at the apostolic people that I run into that they just don't want to talk about warfare. They say that's just all real weird. Good luck with that. But the kingdom is for keeps. What, what we're in, nice church, good music, good worship, but let's get this thing right. What we're in is much bigger than this local church. What we're in is for keeps. What we're in is for if you want to if you want to talk kind of about a game, what we're in is for all of the marbles. All of them. That's what this is all about. We're in we're in a fight, we're in a flow, we're in on a path that, that is about the kingdom. It's, it's winner take all, and there are no participation trophies in this. It's not enough just to participate. It's, it's not enough just to kind of be a part of the club or the tribe, or whatever you want to say about that, the kingdom is for real, and we need an, a revelation about it. The kingdom is a major biblical doctrine. There's terms in the Word of God, the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of heaven. They they are connected, but we see that the kingdom of heaven is is used mostly in the book of Matthew because the Jews were very reluctant to say God. When we think about the kingdom, you say that slow and you gain greater revelation. The kingdom, the king's domain. It's the king's domain. Well, where is the king's domain today? It's anywhere that... His laws are embraced and obeyed. That's where it is. And so it's very important that every one of us have a continuing, ongoing, unfolding revelation of the kingdom and kingdom alignment. How we will position ourselves in kingdom alignment. We realize that the kingdom is eternal. That was the first text scripture, Psalms 145 and 13. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. There's much that is said about the church. There should be a lot said about the church. After all, it's the object of his his affection. He purchased it with his own blood. So, there should be much said about the church, but we should remind ourselves that the church is temporary. It had a birth date, it will have an exit date, but the kingdom is forever. There are too many people that call themselves Pentecostal that they just stay focused on a Pentecostal level. Many Pentecostals never even go up to an apostolic level. And then there are many, many, many apostolics that never go up to a kingdom level. There has always been the king. There will always be the king. There has been a kingdom since since the very beginning of time, what was lost in the garden was dominion, the domain of the king. What was lost there was a kingdom and the whole plan of the king coming back to to restore. The second Adam came to restore what the first Adam lost. What, What did he lose? He lost a kingdom. It's about dominion. It's about authority. And it is extremely frustrating to see people live their entire life just thinking on such a small level when there is so much available to us. It's about the kingdom. Do a study in the Word of God. Do a great study about kingdom and do a great study about church and you will be quite enlightened, I'm sure. After the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he spent 40 days with his disciples doing what? Teaching them about the kingdom. When John the Baptist came on the scene, what was his message? Repentance and the kingdom. When Jesus came on the scene, what was his message? Repentance and the kingdom. And so I personally believe that that for our lives today we should adopt two life-size kingdom filters for every decision that we make. Number one, does this please the king? Number two, does this expand the kingdom? Does this please the king? Not, will this just be in line with what the Lighthouse Church teaches? That's obviously good. Not, will this just please my parents or just my pastor or just who? No. First and foremost, does this decision please the king? Period. If the answer there is no, then it has no place in our life. Then the next level of that is, does it expand the kingdom? Well, why is this so important? Because the enemy wants to take God's blessings and turn it into a burden in our life. And so there are so many decisions that we're making with with the resources of our time and our money, and all we're thinking is, what's the payments? It's not about what's the payment. It's about this much of my resources, of my time, and my emotion, and my money. Is it going into something that is going to expand the kingdom, or is it not going to expand the kingdom? Can somebody say amen to that? The kingdom changes everything. When when we start looking with a kingdom focus, when it's about the king, when it's about the kingdom, and I don't have time to deal with all four of these, but when it's about the king and the kingdom and kingdom entry and kingdom life, that absolutely sums up our entire life. We can spend the rest of our life digging into that, getting that right. Is my relationship with the king right? Do I understand the kingdom and that God is not American and this is not a democracy? Not in the kingdom. We we need that revelation. But then when we go to kingdom entry and kingdom life, I promise you, people, this is life changing. It will change our lives. There are so many kingdom subtopics that we could deal with today, but we only have time today to deal with kingdom entry. What is required to enter the kingdom? When we break this down, the first kingdom entry uh, focus that, that the word gives us is being born again, and we see that in John 3 and 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. We know that chronologically, John 3 precedes any other kingdom entry scripture in the Word of God. I would uh, challenge you to do a study on kingdom entry. I will not be able to deal with all of them today. I'm only going to deal with three because of time. But when we look at this first one and we look at water and spirit birth, would we please stop viewing repentance and baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost as a Pentecostal thing we don't own this we do not own this this is a kingdom thing it's being born of water and of the spirit that we're born into the kingdom unfortunately John 316 is is uh, it's one of the most quoted Scripture's in the Bible, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. But let's not just limit our our focus to verse 16 of John 3. There's much more in John 3 than just verse 16 where it deals with belief. It covers being born of water... And spirit. Now, I do not know this congregation, so I don't know where you are in your walk with God. I don't know where you are in the steps you have taken for salvation. As we're talking to people, we have to get it in our minds that we must go beyond belief. It's beyond belief. Why? Because we want them. To be a part of this church, and that's the doctrine that we teach, and that gives us more numbers. No. We want them to be a part of us because of our denomination. No. We want them to obey what the Scripture clearly says so they can be born into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Mark 16 and 16. He that believeth and is baptized, shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Let's take it all. John, thir- John 7, 37 through 39. In the, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This is showing us it's not enough just to believe. It's powerful when we believe, but it's not enough to just believe. And then he goes on to say about this belief is this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him, what's the word, should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. There is a major difference in should and shall. There are many people that think I should be a better person. There's a world of difference in I should be a better person and I shall be a better person. There's a world of difference in I should not be a jerk any longer, but I shall not be a jerk any longer. I should pray more. Well, that's one thing. But I shall pray more. That is an entirely different thing. And the Scripture is saying, he that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. He's speaking of the Spirit, speaking of that those who believe, they should receive this. But they're going to have to make a shall decision if they're going to live the level of the should that's in the Word of God. We've got to understand this. And so the challenge is to embrace and obey everything in Scripture that is dealing with being born again of water and the Spirit. How does the Bible speak of people being born of water? How was it done in Scripture? What was the mode? What did they pronounce? Well, we see that in Acts 2.38, 8.16, and 10.48, 19.5, and 22 and 16. We see all this. You say, guest minister on Sunday morning? We don't do Bible studies on Sunday morning. Well, we do whenever the Spirit directs it. Yes, that's exactly what we do. Because there's somebody here today that you're trying to decide in in your mind about all of this. And we don't want anybody feeling the spirit of the king and being not far from the kingdom, but not getting into the kingdom. Don't be close, don't be this close. For heaven's sake, even some of you that may be watching by way of webcast, you've still got time to drive over here and and experience this. We are not about just building a bigger Pentecostal church. We are about expanding the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. So, what does the Bible say about being born of the Spirit? What, what happens when one is born of the Spirit? How do we know? Well, we see that in Acts 2, 1 through 4, 8, 14 through 17, 10, 44 through 47, 19, 5 through 6. You say you, you said all that so quick. I'm just saying references enough to get people to understand: hey, whoa, there is something to this after all. It it really is in The Word of God. But if we're going to move from being denominational to kingdom, then we're going to have to move to being biblical instead of traditional. I mean, it's either about the king, and it's either about the kingdom, and it's either about kingdom entry, and it's either about living a kingdom life, or what in this world are we doing wasting our time with all of this effort and this investment? It's about the kingdom, and eternal destinies depend on it. Therefore, we must preach it, and we must obey it. When it it comes to being born again into the kingdom, then I understand repentance. I understand turning from my way to the king's way. I understand being baptized in the name of who? The king. I understand getting a new language. Language of who? The king's language. It's the king's way. It's, it's, the, it's the death, the burial, and resurrection of the king. This is about King Jesus. And he made it very, very clear what has to happen if we're going to enter the kingdom? But interestingly enough for all of those of you who have experienced that, there is more to entering the kingdom than just John 3 3 through5. In Matthew 7:21, not everyone that saith unto me Lord Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth, the will of my Father which is in heaven. So, how am I going to enter the kingdom? I'm going to do it by doing the will of the king. So, here we clearly see in Scripture the war between words and actions. And the truth is, the longer that we attend church, the better we are with words. The longer that I'm a part of this, the better I can talk it. We want to say talk shop or talk whatever. Just pick pick a subject. I've been around long enough now that in the Pentecostal world, I can pretty. My I might not know as much as you know, but I could probably at least hold my own in in talking because after this long of hearing it. You know, it's just uh, here, repeat, here, repeat. It's just it's easy to to get into that. But here's what we understand: is is words may show possible intention, but action shows all. Action proves all. There was I was working with a, a man. Uh, I was working with a couple. Whenever I was a pastor several years ago, and 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 he and and he he would beat his wife you know and and he would feel sorry and he would repent and uh, and then and then guess what it it happened again and so it's like really so you're sorry right oh that's nice that that sound you're how sorry are you you're you're really not too sorry about this oh but I'm never going to do it again and then it would happen again words 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 may show possible you know intent Possible intention, but but it's action that proves all. We call it the book of Acts. We don't call it the book of intention. There is a major difference in the book of Acts and the book of intention we're going to act or we're going to intend i'm talking to people today and i'm just trying to say you know the spirit of god's been dealing in your life you know when you've been reading the word of god there's things that that is is chewing at you and gnawing at you you know that your mind is going back to things quit just intending to make a change I'm talking to people you've been born again, or I'm talking to people you've never been born again. I'm saying at some point what we've got to do, we've got to move from just knowing the will of God, and we've got to step across the line and do the will of God. Let's not complicate this. This is is what we're supposed to be about. We're, we're supposed to be doing, not just hearing his commands. It's be ye doers of the word, not what? Not hearers, and then what does it say? Does anybody know past that? You Somebody said it. Deceiving your own selves. So when I gained revelation of this, I realize that some of the most deceived people are the most faithful to church. Why is it that some of the most deceived people are the most faithful to church? Because people that are faithful to church, are they, they can become professional hearers. And what can happen is, is we can convince ourselves, hear it, done. Hear it, check. It's not hear it, check. It's hear it, do it, check. It's hear it, do it continual can continue to do it check it's it's thought action habit lifestyle it's not just thinking about it it's not just doing it once a month it's not just thinking and acting once it's habitually doing it to where it becomes who we are it is a lifestyle that's the kind of people that we've got to be We've got to be. I would challenge you to to do something. Get get involved in, in one ministry of this church. Do something. See yourself as a servant on your job, in your neighborhood. Do something. But for heaven's sake, start serving at home, everybody, because what we really are, we are at home. It's not what we are you. I don't know what I don't know what opinion you have of me right now. That will probably go up or down depending on how long I preach. but, but I don't know what your opinion is of me now, but there's only one person in this room that, that's, that really knows me and that's, that's my wife. Uh, because we can fake each other out here, but no, no, we, we can't be fakes. Let's let's go back home. Let's understand what we are. We are at home. Let's judge our attitudes at home. Let's let's judge our serving at home and let it grow from there. But for heaven's sake, can we enter the kingdom not just by water and spirit, but also by action? To do the will of God. There's more. I will only deal with one more. And then we're going to allow the Spirit of God to work in people's lives. And here's here's what uh, I have learned a long time ago. That if you will just hear the word that God wants shared. If you will just deliver the word that God wants shared and then if you will give God an opportunity by his spirit to confirm the word then God's all he always shows up he always shows up this is really not resting on me And thank God I have gotten past the point of feeling like I had to work everybody up into a frenzy for them to make a a decision. I am so done with that. That is is not the way it is at all. I'm going to present an anointed word. I'm going to do it with faith. I'm going to do it with with boldness. And then I'm going to say anybody that wants to respond to the word, then guess what? Bring your faith right down here, and the king will do a work in your life. Not not some of the time, every time. Matthew 18 and 3. And said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven, becoming a little child. Be converted, turn from sin. Turn to a life of actively and willingly changing your attitude and your conduct. Become as little children. It's what the Word says. Become as little children. It does not say this is for everyone under 50. This is just for everyone under 60. This is just for everyone under 70. No, no, no. It's saying if you want to enter the kingdom then become as a little child. And when we think about our children, the rule is, now there are exceptions, but the rule is children are innocent. The rule is they're without deceit. They're trusting and obeying without question. Now, they all struggle with that from time to time. They basically come without judgment. It's it's quite a study on this they come without fear and doubt they come with trust and faith and hope and love I'm talking about little children they expect great things they expect to do great things ask ask a child what do you want to be when you grow up you know and it's it's you know great things i mean why because it's that it's that childlike thinking it's that childlike processing they, they expect wisdom and provision from us. They, they can't even explain that, but that's what they expect. They, they expect to be protected. Uh, they do. They, they expect order. They expect vision. This, this explains the road to abundant life. And so with all of this and a little more that I will share in mind, can I challenge all of us to grow up and be a child? Yeah, in the kingdom, it's time to grow up and be a child. Now on this earth, it's it's grow up and quit acting like a child. And and that's so frustrating to to deal with adults who still think like children, act like children, uh, process like children—that's that's very uh, that's very frustrating unless they have a very good reason for that. But children need parents; they need guardians; they need explanation; they need direction. They they think that they know what they need, but but that's not the way it is at all, and so with our children, we uh, lovingly object to a lot of the things that they want to do because we know it's not good for them. They don't know it's not good for them, or they don't care that it's not good for them, and we lovingly object, and then if they don't respond to that, then sometimes we have to harshly object, and that's, that's just the way it goes because parents are supposed to know what children need. If children get what they want from a small age, then their teeth will be rotted out in just a few years because they want sugar. They don't want vegetables. That's just the way it is. We understand these things. They do not. We have to tell them when to sleep because they don't understand that. They're children. We have to tell them when to get up. We have to do all of this, and we have to give them supervision because you want trouble? Just, just put uh, several little kids in a room and leave them by unattended by themselves, and they will absolutely peel the paint off of the wall. That's, that's just the way it is. Children need help. Children need supervision. Sometimes when you're trying to get your child to see something, they can't see it. Sometimes you, you you know, what have we done? We've taken their head. Here. Here. Look. There. Oh, yeah. Or we've picked them up, you know. we Pick them up. Or they want to touch something, and there's no way they can touch it unless we pick them up and help them touch it. Except we become as little children, we will not enter the kingdom of God. There are things that I think that I want, but my Father knows I don't need. There, there, are, there are things I can't see until He opens up my understanding to be able to see. There's things that I want to touch that I can't touch on my own unless I allow him to lift me up in order to be able to touch that. And so the challenge for all of us is is on this earth in the kingdoms of man. We've got to grow up. We've got got to, to mature, but in the kingdom of God, we have got to become a little child, and we've got to get to where we never think we have it on our own, never. We never think that we have it on our own. We, I was born in West Virginia, and, and I was only like two weeks old whenever we uh, moved, to Fort Smith, Arkansas, and we would go back, and one of my family members, he owned the public swimming pool. And I remember as a little boy, at at one time, every time that we went there, one night when it closed, me and my three brothers, my father, my three brothers, him and a couple of other uncles, we would go swimming in this huge public swimming pool all by ourselves. I was a little boy. I had never gone off of a diving board. Never, and so it was my turn. They stuck me up on that diving board, and it it looked like, I mean, it look, right now, it looked like I was uh, stories above water. I, I can think right now in my mind, and I can realize how scared I was, and my my brothers here and my dad right there, and my brothers were saying, jump, Terry, jump. There wasn't no way I was going to jump because they said jump. I mean, I had already learned. I I had some uncles in there saying, come on, Terry, we'll catch you. I wasn't jumping for my uncles. I love my uncles, but forget you. And my brothers, there wasn't any way I was going to do it because my oldest brother Jack was saying do it. There, There was no way. Do you know why I jumped? Because my dad was in the water. That's the only reason why I jumped. My dad was in the water. I didn't jump to my brothers. I didn't jump to my uncles. I jumped to my father because I knew that my father could handle it. I'm talking to people right now that you're in situations and you're trying to figure it out and you're listening to wrong voices and it is time to dial back into your father and it is time to bring it to him knowing that he has the answer and he's not going to let you drown. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths trust in the lord trust in the lord i'm hurrying i'm almost through But come on, we're never going to be the kind of a church that God has put us together to be if our first trust level is in any human, any human. There is no way that apostolic churches are going to be powerful when people, their first thought when anything goes wrong is call 1-800-PASTOR. There is no way that a church is going to be able to be powerful like that. Your first answer is not 1-800-Buford. That that is not. Your first answer is 1-800-FATHER eight5 1-800 king 1-800 King's word this challenge that I have in my life what does the king say about this what this challenge that I have in my life what does the king's word say about this I don't know if you will ever do this and I'm not trying to tell you how, how the pastor you know your people better than, than me but the last two years I pastored, I started every counseling session off. I didn't care if somebody came in there that had been in the church 30 years or 40 years. The first thing I'd do is I if it was a couple, I would look at the man and I would say, explain to me your God connection. Explain to me your daily God connection. And sometimes they'd squirm. And one said, well, I pray in the shower. I said, well, unless you're... Pr- paying very large uh, water bills, you probably need to adjust that. I wasn't trying to be ugly. I just finally got to the point, let's see, trust in the pastor with all of your heart and lean not unto all thine own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge your pastor and your pastor shall direct your path. Let's change that. Trust in your spouse with all of your heart. And lean not into your own understanding. In all of thy ways acknowledge your your spouse, and they will direct thy path. No, I can tell you what's happening. And I don't know. I hope this ugly spirit's not going to be too bad and too ugly. But I'll tell you what's happening. We crash human relationships when we expect out of a human what only God can give. That's exactly what we do. We crash situations in our home because we're expecting our husband to do what our husband was never intended to do. We're expecting our wife to do what our wife was never intended to do. We're expecting our kids to do what our kids were never intended to do for us. We're expecting our parents to do for us what they are never. And so what happens is, is the enemy tries to put a mirror in our in our face to where we're looking at us or we're looking at somebody in our house, and we're expecting the pastor, the spouse, the something, the this person, well, that leader, well, the youth leader, well, the children's leader, well, they should have, well, I did not intend to get off on this, but now I'm out there, and, and we're going to eat and leave, and I'm going to leave this mess with, with, with the pastor who I hope is still my friend God wants us to walk in authority and dominion and we're not even going to the right place for direction how in the name of God are we going to walk in dominion and authority when we're getting our direction from the wrong place But whenever we start understanding that God, in His Word, He gave us this, He's able, He's able to keep us when we jump off of the diving board. God is not out of options. There is nothing that He doesn't know. There's nothing. And you young people, Melanie was already bragging on that class, and the pastor's been bragging for two days on that hyphen class God help us to have some of you that have not decided yet what's your full career or you're trying to work that out or you've not decided yet who your life partner's going to be if marriage is in your future. God help you. If you can get this right now, that you can elevate that you can elevate the Father where the Father is supposed to be, then I can tell you right now what's going to happen in your life. Somebody just running their mouth on you in the group is not going to throw you. Some having just some bad situation. No, we should encourage. We should be there. But what's going to happen when you do get hurt in God's house? Should you get hurt in God's house? No. But does it happen? Yes. If we would go back to the word of God instead of powering up our friends against whoever, and we would say, whoa, we cannot let division get in this body. We cannot allow Satan to get a foothold in here. I'm going to take this situation. I'm going to take this heartache. I'm going to take this pain. I'm going to take this betrayal. I'm going to take this issue to the Word. I'm going to take it to the King. That's where I'm going, and they will never, this will never fail me. The King the kingdom, kingdom entry, and I promise you, when we do this, our lives will forever be changed. When we look at the king and the kingdom and kingdom entry and kingdom life, and whenever we start bringing it all into that focus, would the king agree with this? Would this expand the kingdom? If we get no, it's over. Then if we get no, it's 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 absolutely over. Why? Because we're about the king, we're about the kingdom, because the kingdom is everlasting. The kingdom is everlasting. And nothing can destroy us if we are aligned with the king and the kingdom. And when we start living like this, everything changes. As we stand together right now, remember that not far from the kingdom is still not in the kingdom. Right now, would you just close your eyes, and if you're comfortable with this, would you raise your hands to heaven, and would you pray for anybody that is in this building that has not been born again of water and spirit?